0: Amen. Well, if you were here last week, there was a great message preached by a pastor about availability and revival's greatest need. And that just that sat with me all week and it was such a great message cuz that's what God asks of us. He wants us to be available. So sometimes I get to the point where I can say, okay, I'll be available. And then I have to think about, okay, am I ready to be available? Sometimes it's easy to jump into something. And then I go back and I think, what should I do to make myself more available? So today we're gonna talk about the prerequisite to availability. The prerequisite to availability. So a prerequisite, prerequisite, sometimes a tongue twister, means something that needs to be accomplished before something else. So what needs to happen in our hearts before we are made available? So like I said, saying we're available to something is one thing. We might tell somebody, you know, if you need anything, let me know. But it's another thing to watch them in need and bring them something. So that's, that's when we really have made ourselves available. So why is availability important? And I think we've touched on this last week. Um, last week, Pastor said, revival's greatest need is availability. We need availability for revival. We need to say, okay, God, we're ready for revival. What do you need from me? Another thing that was stated was when you make yourself available, you, be, you go beyond your ability. What a, great, what a great word there. When you make yourself available, you go beyond your ability. I uh, read a few more comments in some other books that were right along these lines, and I just want to quote some of them for you. Here's one. The first key to hearing the voice of God more often and more clearly is availability. Another quote, deeper friendship with God leads to more availability. And one more, our availability invites His ability. Yeah. So yes, when God knows that you are available to Him, He'll do, I have three things written down, might be more, but when He knows you're available, He will be more willing to speak to you. He will be more willing to develop you. And he will be more willing to let his power flow through you to advance his kingdom. So that's the key to what we're talking about today. When we're available, he'll speak, he'll develop, and he'll advance his kingdom with our help. So you might have caught it today. If I asked you, what is the prerequisite to availability? What word would you pick out? I would pick out one or two words. Relationship, which builds into a friendship. So how do we become available to God? It takes time to build trust that God requires for a relationship of friendship that proves availability. I'm going to probably say that three times just to digest it. It takes time to build trust that God requires for a relationship of friendship that proves availability. Time, trust, brings relationship of friendship and shows we are truly available. So there you have it, the prerequisite to availability is becoming a friend of God. So friendship, who made the first step towards our relationship of friendship with God? Well, let's look at Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He took that first step. Even when we were still sinners, we weren't friends yet. And he said, I'll be your friend, and I'll take the step, and then you just come toward me. Have you ever taken the first step, showing yourself friendly to somebody? you say hey how's it going and they just go just nod their head maybe or they turn or <laughs> ignore you so that's taking a step of to develop friendship but it's up to the recipient to respond in a friendly manner for it to grow so it's all it's all up to us to determine how far in the relationship we can have with god so let's look at another scripture john 15 13 through 15. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my Father I have made known to you. So this is this is a Jesus speaking about our friendship. If we do what God commands, we can become his friends. We can become close to him. Um, he also talks about we can be a servant. Some of us um, have to walk into that role of servanthood, and then we can develop that into a role of friendship. God's love is greater than any other love we can experience. He's willing to become our friend if we will pursue him. So the presence of God gives us opportunity to change. So I talked about that a little bit. When we get closer to him, he'll reveal, I would like you to be more like this. I would like you to develop my character here. I would like your nature to be seen here. And I want to read a scripture on that. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is so inspiring. It gives us such a hope and such a purpose. Um, a way to paraphrase this might be, the Lord is the Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit, which desires to display His glory in us. And this is done when we allow Him to transform us. And as stated in the past few weeks, Some of these things have been building up, and it's really, really good for us to get to this point of transformation. We talked about submission and surrender and yielding. We talked about how we can surrender to God for a relationship with Him that shows our availability for God to do the work He intends to do. So the closer we get to God, the more His Spirit can transform us into the person that He designed us to be. So there are... I um, found I have some good teaching on seven levels of relationship with God. And I'm not, not on number one, and I'm not on number seven. I'm somewhere in the middle, and probably is the case for most of us. But there are seven levels of relationship, and these, these do relate to hearing God's voice, to walking in His ways, to being available to Him. So depending on our levels of maturity, in our relationship with God, determines how much we can hear Him and how much we can handle from God. So, you ready for them? Seven levels. First one, sheep. The sheep is the, the animal pulled into the shepherd's pasture. It's just being born again. It's coming into the kingdom. And when the sheep comes into the pasture... It'll start hearing the voice of the shepherd that gives direction, gives guidance. A sheep can hear the voice of the shepherd from day one and can learn to trust the shepherd and will learn the will of God. Step one, sheep. Relationship level one, sheep. Relationship level two, disciple. So the disciple follows the teacher. The disciple learns the lifestyle, develops the disciplines that are required So the sheep becomes the disciple. The third relationship level is servant. This is when a servant is sent out to do things out of obedience. This is when um, there's a master-servant relationship. The master gives direction. The servant follows. Sometimes, oftentimes, the servant doesn't know as much as the master knows. And it might not make sense to do what the master said to do. But once there's a relationship built and the servant becomes closer to the master, he starts to learn the master's heart and starts to realize, oh, that's why I was doing this and that's why I was doing this. So it's important, even when we don't understand it, to be the servant that follows the direction of the master. So we talked about sheep, disciple, servant. Guess what the next one is? Friendship, friendship. When you go from a servant to a friendship, there's greater rele- revelation. There's greater revelation given. There's more understood. There's a, you learn greater things as a friend. You hear the voice of God while living in obedience, and he starts to tell you why. Sometimes there's a lot of trust that has to come to the point of friendship, and then once the trust is built, he can show this is why. I'd like you to do this. This is why I'm doing this. It takes that time and that trust to be developed into that friendship where God will start to reveal why. So that's four. Number five is sonship. God trusts you to do what he wills. Sonship. So after, after a friend, after developing the relationship with God as a friend, he will make us his son. So a son will be like his father. This is when God can say, I trust him that he will act like me. My son will be like I am. You have the mind of Christ, and you already know what you ought to do when you are a son of God. You've been close enough to him, you've obeyed him, trusted him, developed a friendship with him, enough that you're a lot like the father. Sonship. Number six, brotherhood of sons. So this is greater maturity, greater maturity and cooperation in Christ. That's when your son-to-father relationship becomes a brother-to-brother, walking as the father and a greater force to move forward. And then finally, the seventh level of relationship is the bride with the bridegroom. There's intimacy, there's trust, there's unity. There's a closeness that is not seen on any other level that has come up until that point. So these are the levels of relationship. And um, when it's time for altar, I want to take, take a moment to think about where we're at in those levels. And there could be some things that you pick out in one or two of those levels, and I want God to bring us a little bit closer from where we've been. Bring the sheep. To the disciple, bring a disciple to being a servant. If you're a servant, become a friend. If you've been a friend, start to become the son. If you're a son, become a member of the brotherhood of sons. If you are a brotherhood of sons, become the bride of Christ. So take the next step. Start trusting God, learning about what he desires and pursue the things that please him. So friends is in that list. And that's the focus that I wanted to talk about today. Because when we become friends of God, we become more available than we once were. And it will lead us to even more availability. Who are the two people that God called friends in the Bible? Abraham. And Moses. Abraham and Moses, yes. Let's look at Moses real quick. Exodus 33:11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face, like one who speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So Moses was in this deep relationship with God, where he could speak to him face to face. God can consider us a friend when we seek his face and have been in his presence enough that he's comfortable holding a conversation with us eye to eye. That's the, the relationship is grown and grown. There, there are people in our lives that we can't hold a deep conversation with. It's just surface level because the relationship status is pretty low. But the more that we're close with people, the more that we, we share like-mindedness, the more that can be shared, the more our hearts can be exposed, the more transparent we can be and And the more vulnerable we can be because we trust them enough to not be hurt. So, Moses, he was a friend of God. We should seek to be able to to see God closer. Let's look at Abraham. Look at James 2 21 through 23, talks about Abraham. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. So we talked about him just for a tad in spirit life today. How Abraham was brought through this trust relationship with God. And it came down to a pretty intense point where God had given him the promise. Abraham tried to fulfill the promise on his own, but eventually he trusted God with the promise to the point where he was willing to give it all back to God and say, I'm available for whatever you want, even if it means you can take the promise back to do exactly what you want. And he trusted that God would keep his promise even if he sacrificed his son. Abraham found out how God walked, and he came into alignment and agreement with it. It was a relationship building. He demonstrated that he could be depended upon to carry out God's will, no matter how difficult the assignment. Hence, God considered considered Abraham his friend. He said, this guy is willing to to do some things for me, and he's going to start to develop my character, and I can become close to him. I will call him my friend. So think about that. God tested Abraham until he knew that Abraham made everything available to him. Genesis 22, verse 12, says, Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, Do not do anything to him. So this is referring the angel speaking to Abraham about Isaac when he was about to sacrifice him. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld to me from me your son, your only son. So this relationship process, we have to we have to reveal our hearts. God sees them, but we need to prove our hearts that we are going to be available to him. It took time and submission to God to develop that relationship to the point where God knew. That Abraham was truly available. And because of that availability, God, by his ability, made Abraham the father of the faithful. So Abraham said, okay, I'm available. God says, I am able. And I am able to make you whatever I want you to be. You are going to be the father of the faithful. You're going to be the father of those that I'm going to look at for the rest of time. Hmm. Another scripture relating to this is Isaiah 41:8. It says, "But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend." Think about this, not only did Abraham get close enough to God to be called his friend, it was all of his descendants that had a relationship with God because of his actions. So when we say, "Okay, I'm going to God, I'm going to get closer to you. I'm going to be available." There's going to be people that are saved, there's gonna be people that walk closer to God because of our decisions, because of what we do, because of our determination to be available. Mm. Yeah, There's so many people that are walking closer to God because of Abraham. So the prerequisite to availability is friendship, a development of relationship. How do you know if someone really made themselves available to you? Not until you know them enough. Not until you develop a friendship with them. So I have three components here of a working friendship. Number one is agreement. And in some cases, submission. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? There's not too many friends that are always fighting going opposite directions that stick together. A friendship needs agreement. Imagine your best friend agrees with everything you say and then agrees with everything someone else who has the opposite opinion says. Are they really in agreement with you? No, not every path leads to life. You've got to pick one of them. So some people might want to be friends with everybody, but they will find out that that does not always work. So that's number one, agreement. Developing... Uh, working fre- friendship. One component, agreement. The second one, the ability to confide. The ability to confide in someone. So this is where you are trustworthy with someone else's words. Someone can speak to you and say, I can't tell anybody else this, but I'll tell you this. And that's the component of a working friendship. When you don't have people to turn to, if you have a true friend who you can trust, you can confide in them. So we need to be to the point where God can confide in us and we can handle things in a trustworthy manner. Another third component of a working friendship is loyalty and dependability. So this is not trustworthy with someone else's words. This is trustworthy by your own actions. So when we are loyal and dependable, it's saying, okay, I'm going to show that I'm going to follow in the direction that God is giving me. I am going to be trustworthy by my actions. So components of a working friendship, agreement, ability to confide, and loyalty and dependability. What does it look like to be a friend of God? Let's look at James 4.4. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Again, you can't say, oh God, I love you, I'm going to serve you, and then go to the world and say, oh world, I love you, I'm going to serve you. It's not going to work. The world might be able to, you might be able to get away with that in the world. They might not see through that hypocrisy, but you won't with God, that's for sure. So a friendship with God means you have to be an enemy of the world. You cannot do the things of the world when your relationship level gets deeper with God, when you start to become in a closer friendship, relationship with God, there are things with the world that are only history, never to be repeated again. It is now an enemy because this friendship is so valuable. Think about the value that the world will actually give you versus what God gives. Temporal versus eternal. Last week, we also, uh, Pastor also mentioned Mary. And look what happened when she became available. Luke 1.35 says, The angel answered to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. She had a relationship with God, enough to the point where she was available. And then God said, Okay, you're the one. Mary, you're the one that I'm going to overshadow. My ability is going to work through you. And because of that, you are going to bear the Son of God. So God can overshadow us, and supernatural things can take place when we develop a greater relationship with him. This is so incredible. Speaking of incredible, if you've ever seen The Incredibles, the animated movie, it's just so cool how superheroes have all these powers, and the regular people look up to them. And I've gotten to thinking about all the, all the superhero comics in the past. And I think there's some reality deep down underneath where it comes from. And it comes from us desiring God to do the supernatural through us. And I think these supernatural these uh, superhero comics are people that are bystanders. They don't have a relationship with God and they see amazing things happen through people and they say, "Oh, superhero. Look at them, they're super." But when you are a superhero in the spirit, in the kingdom of God, you realize I am a conduit. I'm close to God and because of my relationship with him, because I'm available to him, he can do what he wants. He can do what he wants. Now something that's important too is to never let a superhero mindset super supersede <laughs> supersede <laughs> Yeah, that is too many supers. <laughs> Let's never have the supernatural mindset overcome the relationship with God. Cause there will come a time when God says, I see your heart, now you're just in for it for my ability, not my relationship. So it is important. There are That's why there's good superheroes and bad superheroes. There's the bad ones who don't have the right heart, and they're just doing it to get the fame. They're doing it to get what they want out of it. And then there's the real good superheroes who care, who are letting God do what he wants because of their relationship with him. So, yeah, I see the life of Christ like a, like a superhero. He let God do everything he needed to do. So here's some keys to developing a working friendship. One, spend time. You're not going to develop a friendship without time. That's something we can do. Spend some time with God. There's something that has consumed our life that might be a waste of time. Let's replace it with time with God. Second key to developing a working friendship is communication. Without communication, how can two people get to know each other? How can... One person learn from another. How can we be more like God unless we communicate and listen for him and wait on him? Number three, so spend time, communicate, be transparent. So God does know our heart. But when we dig deep into our hearts and try to ask the tough questions of, what am I really motivated by? What am I living for? God, what is it in me that, is, that you desire? What is in me that you want gone? Be transparent and a greater friendship will be developed. And number four, build experiences together. There's no friendship like the ones where you can say, hey man, do you remember when we climbed this mountain together? Hey, do you remember when we did this adventure? Do you remember when we experienced this together? That's when friendship and experiences develop that character. So we need to develop our relationship with God. Our relationship will be at a standstill if we have pride, which is being stubborn and insistent of doing things our own way. Our relationship will be at a standstill if we have bitterness, if we allow an offense to fester. That'll be bitterness. That'll keep us from being able to continue that relationship growth. Um, It'll be at a standstill if we have wickedness in our heart. If we serve sin rather than God, God is not going to grow our relationship until We take a step and say, okay, God, you're more important. Let's lay aside our pride, our bitterness, our wickedness, our sin. So our motive is to have a relationship. Let's develop a relationship. So remember that comment about letting relationship trump, you know, a supernatural ability that God might give? Let's read about that in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. This is Jesus speaking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? Weren't we superheroes in this life? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Apart from me, you who practice lawlessness, a relationship, God is going to know us. He's going to know if we develop that relationship with Him. So He will show His ability. And when He starts showing His ability, don't lose the relationship because He's starting to do some amazing things. He has brought us together and unified us, He is multiplying in our relationships, in our life groups, in our church. He is bringing that multiplication and He is going to show His ability and transform lives. And we need to just make sure that even though we see that progress, it's because of our relationship with Him and that has got to be number one. So I want to give you one more list. I must be a little bit like Ken Gurley. I think he likes lists too. (sighs) Five things that take place in fasting and prayer. And here's a little sneak peek from my notes in Purpose Institute. Five things that take place in fasting and prayer. One, a relationship with God is developed. Two, the flesh is crucified and brought under discipline, which prevents moral failure. Three, the nature of Christ is formed in us. Four, anointing is imparted. And five, Power with God and man is developed. Power with God means power over the powers of darkness. This this kind comes not out but by prayer and fasting. The fasting, fasting and prayer will empower you, so that unclean spirits will come out. So I love that number one, and that's the the main thing I wanted to speak today. Fasting and prayer will develop a relationship with God. So let's take a next step. Let's take a next step in our walk in relationship, in developing a friendship with God. As we learned last week, revival is dependent on our availability and surrender to God. The prerequisite to availability is developing a greater relationship, becoming a friend of God, like Moses, like Abraham. So during altar call today, find an answer to this question for yourself. What will I change to make my relationship with God go to the next level? What can bring me to that next level of nearness? How can I walk closer to him? Because if we are close enough to him, he will pull us into eternity to be with him forever. And we sang about it earlier. He is walking with us through everything. He is there with us. And there's nothing better than having a close relationship with our God who we're going to live with for eternity. So I want to invite you to come and grow in relationship with the Lord. Of your garment, and I have felt the leading of your hands. But today, my eyes look much higher to see the face of the great high